You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, and Brenthurst Wealth has been voted SA's top boutique wealth manager in both 2017 and 2020, and is consistently in the top three or four in that particular category. With me today from Brenthurst Wealth is Johan Berger, and Johan, we need to talk about inflation. It's terribly important and it's terribly pertinent because it's a destroyer of wealth, Johan. Unless you beat inflation, you're actually losing money. That's the case, isn't it? Correct. We, we're sitting in a scenario where the US and, and Europe, to take two, for example, are sitting at record levels. And then bringing it back to South Africa, it's affecting everybody. So yeah, inflation at this point in time, it's a, it's a very big discussion point. And that's also one of the reasons the market experienced a great deal of volatility for, let's say, from Jan up until now. Yes, indeed. Let's just uh, put into context what exactly inflation is. It's the rate of change of the price of goods and services. So in other words, if you had a shopping basket every week in South Africa, which was 100 rand a year ago, and it probably, I don't know what the exact rate is in South Africa at the moment, it's probably something like 7%, it would now, those goods would cost 107 rand. So that is the impact it has. And unless your, your, your income has gone up by that uh, same percentage, as I said in my introduction, you're losing money. In the United States and in the United Kingdom, it's more dramatic than that. And in fact, Johan, I saw a report from Citi, the giant investment bank, this morning, saying that um, they think that because of rising energy prices, the, in- the inflation rate in the UK could go in the next year to 18%, which is just staggering. I mean, it's like a third world country and without being too disparaging about developing world countries. So it's something that really has to be managed, particularly by wealth managers like yourself. Absolutely. I think the problem is if you, if you take a country like South Africa, in terms of, let's say, very conservative asset classes like normal cash or money market investments or bond investments, at least you can get some sort of yield. Like, for example, the South African bond market will give you in the region of 7 to 9%. Um, but if you take the US, for example, or Europe, if you, if you place all your money in a very conservative asset class and you're generating, let's say, 1% or 2% per annum and sitting at inflation levels at 7%, you're actually going down 5% per annum. Yeah. Um, and people sometimes don't realize that, but effectively we have a saying, you are saving yourself in debt on an annual basis because you can't keep up with that rising cost. So it is something to consider. Um, It's something to consider on a daily basis. And from a retirement point of view, you're going to get to a stage where you run into big trouble, where you can't afford to do certain things. Exactly. Not quite as dramatic as the other countries that I mentioned earlier on, but on the other hand, still terribly, terribly important. What about something like inflation-linked bonds? Now, when I think of inflation-linked bonds, I sort of feel that perhaps those bonds keep up with inflation. Is that the case? Is that an instrument that you at Brentus Wealth employ for your, for your, for your clients? Yes, definitely. Um, I think something if you, if you refer to investments and then refer to asset allocation, 
Inflation-linked bonds definitely plays a vital role in, in terms of our strategy. I think what do play a vital role is the tax that you do play on those interest instruments. So to give you an example, if you invest in a particular instrument and it gives you 7 to 9%, and yes, we refer to inflation of 7, 6 to 7% in South Africa, and we all know the real inflation level in South Africa is closer to 10 or I personally believe it's higher than 10%. I agree. But if you pay tax on that return, once again, whether it's 20%, 30%, all depends on what tax bracket you are in, you do realize that you get to a point where you actually don't keep up with inflation. So where inflation-linked bonds or bond instruments play a vital role is to preserve capital and you use that portion of your wealth as an income-taking type of instrument. To give an example, let's say you have 10 million rand. I'm just giving an example, and you need X amount of income on a monthly basis. Then you place, for example, two or three years type of income in those instruments, and you're only redeeming from that particular asset class. And that's where the concept of inflation and also that you have to take risk to generate a growth greater than inflation in the long term. So the balance of your portfolio will consist of equities. Um, and that's maybe a discussion for another day and to say what type of equities. But yeah. for, let's say, the last six months, everybody's scared of equities because the market experienced volatility based on all these factors the Russia thing, inflation levels, the shutdown in, or lockdown in China, and all of that had an impact in the last six months. But if you take the graph a little bit longer and look at how equities perform over the longer term, that's almost, I almost want to say to all the listeners, that's almost the only way you can neutralize inflation by investing in companies or equities to perform better than inflation. And also companies and equities that pay you a dividend. For example, if a company has a 6 or 7% dividend yield, or maybe even higher, they are keeping up with their dividends with inflation. And when inflation starts to fall, they'll still pay that. Uh, presumably, if the company is worth its salt, it will continue to pay that, and you'll beat inflation. So it's terribly important, I think, to have good quality companies that are dividend paying in your equity portfolio. Is that the truth? That's 100% correct. I think what happened in the last six months, and, and I almost, this is a tip for investors, people kind of got scared, oh, the market went down 10, 15%, 20% in some, some regions. I'm scared the end of the world is here. I'm going to pull out my money, put it in a money market or in bonds, or for that example. And that's possibly the worst thing you can do. If you look over, or let's say the last past 100 years of investment, this is definitely not the first time we're going to experience volatility. And here's the bad news. It's definitely not the last time. But if you take any, any cycle, for example, from an equity point of view, once again, as I said before, that's the only way you're going you're gonna to beat inflation. Now, even though the market experienced volatility, those companies are still strong, still good earnings. Nothing has changed from that point of view. Yes, we experience a, a correction, but the future prospects of those companies are still looking very good.
Do you ever sort of tweak your portfolios when it comes to asset allocation during times like this? For example, I'm looking at my screen now as we pre-record this podcast, Jan, and it shows me that the yield on the South African 10-year bond is 10.37%. It's just over 3% in the United States. And I could go through lots of other bonds, but I won't. But 10.37% for the South African 10-year bond. You look at that and you think, okay, maybe equities are going to go through a little bit more volatility for reasons that are very well documented. Um, do you change percentage-wise your asset allocation? Yes, we do. Um, I think it's, to be quite honest, I think it's very, very difficult to to one-time the market and get your asset allocation 100% correct. But in terms of financial planning, um, I think what plays a vital role, I previously or earlier referred to the tax implications but from a South African point of view, let's say you talk about liquid investments, that's just normal cash investments where you can invest in shares or money market or any type of investments. And the other part of the investments refer to pension funds. So to distinguish between the two and how asset allocation plays a vital role, because no tax will be deducted in any type of growth in interest-bearing investments in pension funds. Now I'm referring to retirement annuities, preservation funds, living annuities, all of that. Then all of a sudden you say it makes sense as the total package of your investments to have a larger exposure in your pension funds in terms of bond because of no tax liability. Yeah. And then from a liquidity point of view, where you pay capital gains tax, which is a lot less than normal income tax, to have more equity exposure in your liquid investment. So the liquid investment should have the longer term view, more aggressive type of approach. And then your pension fund can go more conservatively if you want bond exposure because of no tax implications on that particular growth. And when I talk about switching from one asset class to another, you can't do that every week because there are tax implications there, aren't there? And also cost implications because people charge you uh, to sell one thing and, and buy another. So you've got to be very, very careful. And that's where you come in at Brenta's Wealth as a financial advisor. Correct, Lindsay. So once again, I think people tend to forget that the initial, every single person out there, will be different. Don't compare yourself to your friend or a family member or anybody in that in that sense. Yeah. So you have to decide what is what is your objective, what type of income you need on a monthly basis to provide for your total expenses on a monthly basis. And according to that information, then you build a particular portfolio. Um, but you're 100% correct. In order to, one, try and time the market and to make changes on a weekly basis um, will be literally impossible. Yeah, not impossible, but very costly. And, and usually, as human beings, we get it completely wrong. We buy at the top and we sell at the bottom. So just stick to your guns and stick to a long-term policy. And over the last six months to a year, things have been volatile. But on the other hand, inflation will peak because the best cure for rising prices and high prices is high prices and rising prices because things then supply comes in and it comes down again. But generally speaking, yeah, inflation's a problem, but we must ride it out and, um, and stick to your high yielding portfolio, I suppose, Jan. 
Absolutely. I think the good news for investors out there, once again, you can't guarantee this 100%, but there's a good analysis indicating that um, inflation will come down in the next 12 months, especially in the US. So that's a good thing. Um, I think the world will follow um, and they they tend to follow what what the US or what will happen in the US. Um, So that will be a good thing for for investors in general um, and the cost of living of all investors in general. The best advice us at Branches can provide at this point in time, one, be careful not to change a certain strategy during volatility. Make sure you have enough capital to provide for income purposes if needed. So you you need a portion of your portfolio to provide stability. Um, and yeah, volatility will occur. Um, it has been a very volatile, let's say, seven, eight months to the start of this year. Things will turn around. I think the big the big question is just when will things totally turn around going forward. Johan, thanks so much for your insight. Johan Berger is from Brentus Wealth, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentus Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.